Hi everyone, Future Dylan here. Uh, just giving y'all a heads up that we'll be taking next week off for uh, Straight People Movies. Uh, we will not be recording an episode. It's not because we don't love you, and it's not because we don't love each other. Me and Kirk are very much still in love and very happily married to each other. Uh, we, uh, we will just be in Chicago for Pitchfork Fest and don't have time to watch your dumb little movies. Okay, okay. We're not going to skip out seeing Phoebe Bridger so that we could talk about the Avengers Endgame or, or whatever. So, uh, just take next week off, listen to another podcast, I suggest A Night with the Stars, or, actually that's it, Our Sister Podcast, that's it, no other podcast, if you listen to The Daily, I swear to God, don't. Anyway, we'll be back with episode 30, ah, the week after that, whenever we get back from vacation. Bye, we love you. Oh, you know what, oh my god, we, we can't do the intro without bringing up some chromatica news <sighs> so oh my god we've returned to chromatica we're back baby back. actually been like 20 that. episodes oh yeah we've been here the whole time um so here's the deal i think mm-hmm. i i think the funniest thing about all of this mm-hmm. is gays sit there we're like we are insatiable we can't mm-hmm be pleased about anything so Nothing, no. she makes a born this way anniversary edition and they're all everyone's mad about who she chooses to do the covers mm-hmm. right they're like oh yeah. these are basic mm-hmm. artists these versions suck they're stupid uninspired and then on the other end of the spectrum the chromatica remix album is all of your <laughs> hyper pop faves mm-hmm. like rena and charlie and dory shy girl arca and Everyone's listening to these like little snippets and everyone's mad. They're like, this They're shit's mad. bad. And I'm like, what do you want do you from want? her? What, what do, do you want? want from Miss Stephanie Germanata? She can't give it to you. I don't she know li- what's wrong I, with I you. I don't know what she, I, I, I just don't under, like what, what do you want? It's, Why is nothing ever good enough for you? It's crazy that Arca, fucking Arca is on a Lady Gaga album. And Arca remixed the biggest song on the record. Yes. Insanity. And it is bad. I'm not saying it's not bad. Oh, girl. It is. I'm just saying, like, I thought this is what you wanted. I thought you wanted no. this. Here's the tea about Arca. As soon as Arca discovered, like, traditional song structure, she got bad. <laughs> like, oh, I agree. Let's be I, real. And now came talk. 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 <laughs> Hey, bitches. Hi. 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 What's up? What's the tea, sis? Oh, my God. We're here. Yes. Welcome. We're so close to episode 30. I know. We're so close. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. I know. And I love that we've aligned our episode sort of with the number. Kind of. <laughs> we did this on purpose, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Straight People Movies. It's the podcast where each week we two gays explore a movie deliberately made for straight people. Mm-hmm. And we ask the ever loving, everlasting question <laughs> why? <laughs> or as Christopher Smith would say, <laughs> I can't get over it. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Here's the thing, everybody. Let me just get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. 
You might notice that my vocal fry is a little worse than usual. You might <laughs> be thinking he sounds even faggier than he already sounds. Mm-hmm. You're also probably like, wow, I'm so glad he's talking slowly because he usually talks very quickly. <laughs> and that's because I am in the middle of being very allergic to something in the air. Mm-hmm. And I feel insane right now. Oh, yeah. Uh Kirk earlier was evicting some aliens from uh, their slums and got sprayed with some black goo. Yep. And now is facing the consequences. Yep. And I'm going to learn a thing or two about humanity, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) My name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. Oh, my God. What are we talking about today? Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny. I feel like we've been kind of on this, like, not consistently doing this, but I feel like we've been consistently revisiting movies that I feel like had a lot of fanfare when they came Mm -hmm. out and then they just kind of like died somewhere along the way. And I feel like this is a really big one because I forgot how huge this movie was until it made like $200 million. It was huge. And it was nominated for like Oscars and stuff. Yes. Insane. Yeah. (laughs) We are of course talking about the South African sci-fi action movie District Nine. Everybody, remember District Nine? Remember District Nine? I told my boyfriend I'm watching District Nine. Have you seen it? He's like, I never heard of it. (laughs) And I was like, How did you? What? How? How is he three years younger than you? Sometimes it feels like he's more. I think he's lying about his age. He might be. Because he, he oh. missed this one. And I feel like this was like, this was it. This was like probably one of the biggest movies of the year. 2009, yes. the year we graduated high school. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, nine. Oh, oh nine. nine. You could do that thing. Um, how did I do it with my hands where you would like do like the 303 hand symbol thing, but you can make it like oh, nine. Oh, it was, it was, just, it was really easy. You just do it here. Here, you, where's just your... go, you just go, oh, nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, nine. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, I always feel bad for the people that were after us because they had to go, ten. Ten. <laughs> ten. <laughs> yeah, how do you do 11? 11. 11. <laughs> it so stupid. They just didn't do it. They just didn't chant nothing. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody's chanting. Nobody chants anymore. It, yeah, who fucking chants? Who chants? Who fa- Although I saw this TikTok yesterday. It was somebody in like the balcony of day night three of the Azalea Bank shows in New York. To be in that audience, I would give anything. anything. Honestly, I think it's so corny that people still stand her. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I love her. I love her so much. I know. I think she's like, I think she's made some good music too, but I feel like she, like, I feel like we just felt left out with like Kanye fans. You know what I mean? Like we feel left out. So we like made Azealia Banks our Kanye. Yeah. Azealia Banks is gay Kanye. Absolutely. And Grimes is gay, indie, smelly Kanye. Although I heard (laughs) Kanye smelly. Oh, really? Azusa was telling me that the rumor is that he's really smelly. That, that tracks. I feel like he hasn't showered in a minute. I feel like, Mad geniuses are always smelly. Like, you know the female oh, apple went through a phase where she smelled like pennies. Mm, oh, you know she uses a crystal instead of, you know, secret. Yeah. She She's not out there using that. Mm-hmm. You know who's smelly, but I would just dive right in is Post Malone. Dude, Dylan. <laughs> I heard I heard that he's so smelly that people, like, like have actively almost vomited when they're around him. It's so bad. I would um, find the beauty in it. See, this is why... Are you happy, everyone? This is what happened when you gave gay people rights. 
Mm-hmm. This is what happened. We could have still been in our. We still could have been in District Nine. You could have bullied us into not being perverts, but instead mm-hmm. you let us just want to dive right into Post Malone's taint, and that's mm-hmm. on you. Yeah, and I would dive right. You know that picture of Scrooge McDuck diving into all that gold? (laughs) Absolutely not, Dylan. Do not ruin that image for me. Mm -hmm, That's me into his arms for a hug. Anyway. Before we have sex. Today we're discussing the 2009 sci-fi allegory, District 9, directed by Neil with two L's, Blancamp, and starring Charlotte Copley, Jason Cope, David James, Vanessa Haywood, and Eugene Kumaniwa. He's iconic in this movie. I love him. (laughs) I didn't mean to add him, but I love him. Um, and then the plot of the movie is after an alien ship appears above Johannesburg, South Africa, the government houses the aliens in a place called District 9. 20 years later, in an attempt by the government to redu- remove the aliens to a concentration camp, Dweeby Vickis Vandermeer. I can never. Vandermeer? It's okay. It's okay. They really like. They were like, this film is set in South Africa, people. Yeah. Vickis Vandermeer. Uh, is actively exposed to alien goo, the same that Kurt got, yep. and then he quickly starts turning into a human, or from a human into an alien, and then the last 30 minutes is just guns. Oh my god, is that what's going to happen to me? You're going to get gunned. Oh, I wasn't uh, paying attention to the movie, Dylan. <laughs> uh, and then you can stream it on Stars, Loki, the best streaming app. Oh, you know what? I just got rid of my Stars prescri- or prescription. <laughs> prescription. Well, about That's today. why you're sick, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got rid of it. And then I saw on Letterboxd, by the way, when you're a Letterboxd Pro member, I'm just going like, to mm-hmm. Letterboxd right now. Um, yeah, you get are. free access to an app that shows you what all movies are streaming on. On Like, That's you can, perfect. like, put it on, like, the things that you have, the things that you're subscribed to, and it'll mm-hmm. tell you if it's on those things. I hadn't taken off Stars yet because I used to have Stars. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't. I can't watch it on Stars for free. I have to pay $4 on Amazon for it. So that's Love Stars. Stars is great. They have all the damages on there. Alex Stars is great. That. Stars has uh, Now Apocalypse, the iconic Gregoraki show that was canceled after one season. R.I.P. R.I.P. Watch it. It's gay watch and it. fabulous. Speaking um, of things that aren't gay and fabulous, District 9. Yeah. How'd you like it? Dylan, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah. I like thought it was actively like bad. <laughs> I did. It's, I did. And I loved it when it came out. And yes. I haven't seen it since then. It's been a long time. Yes. It is like, it, what? It is not good. It's not good. It's not good. Like, it's I mean, good. it's like, it's fine. It's entertaining. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's like, watchable. I, I don't think it's bad in the sense of like, objectively, it's fine. But mm-hmm. for me as a viewer, I found it not only tone deaf. Yes. In terms of like the way it handles its allegory, but Mm. also just the way it's done. It's like, you can't make a movie that's sometimes a mockumentary and then sometimes not. Yeah. Okay. You can tell this is this man's one or the other. (laughs) You can tell this is this man's uh, first movie. Yeah. It makes no sense. I was like, wait, how do they get this footage of the, the like Nigerian gangs? Like what? Yeah. That makes no sense. Why is the cameraman still following him? Yeah. It was just weird. And then it just basically loses all that like halfway through it. Mm-hmm. And, but then sometimes it goes back to it. It just didn't make any sense to me, to be honest. I was yeah. just like, it, I found it unnecessary. And then especially because mockumentaries and like found footage films were really big at this time. It makes it yes. feel really dated too. Yes, it does. It's weird because, okay. So did you watch alive in Joburg? No, it's the short, the short film that's like yeah. how he got the funding to make this, right? Yeah, it's really short. It's only like five minutes. And that's also found footage. And the thing that's cool about that and Alive and Joe is they did the same thing in the beginning of this where they like interview people about the aliens and stuff. 
But what they do in Joburg is that the people they interview never reference aliens is be- because they're talking about Zimbabwean refugees and they just like reuse the footage to be about aliens. And See, so that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's incredible. That's a brilliant. Yeah. That makes me want to watch that. That's really Yeah, smart. it's real good. Six minutes. It's it's fantastic. And the the visuals are okay. There's there's like a very CGI looking kind of fight in the beginning that looks real dumb. But everything looks everything else looks really cool. The aliens have a different design. Um, but it's a really cool movie. And it's uh, it's interesting because you watch it and you're like, oh, this is where all of like video games get their visual language from. Oh, totally. This. And that was the main takeaway I got from the movie as in like its influence is it's mm-hmm. so clear that not only was it influenced by like Halo and other video games before the film came mm-hmm. out, but I feel like it's influenced video games since then too. Oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. I will give it that. And I mean, it's a clever idea and it's mm-hmm. well executed for the most part. I would say it just like, I think for me, it's like hard to now separate found footage from like the office. Yeah. It's like really hard to watch something like this and not think about things like the office. And then you're like, and I know the movie's trying to be funny at parts, but it, it mm-hmm. like, it's when it's trying to be like smarter, serious, it felt a little like, it's, it like has confused. a really weird tone. Yeah, like confused tone, which is so weird because I remember when I saw this movie, and I think this is how everyone else felt because it got great reviews and people mm-hmm. loved it. It got nominated for Best Picture. But we will get into that. You know, it's like, I think we were all just so excited for something that was different. Mm-hmm. And we still like, oh, it's a do. new voice. Yeah. It's somebody using found footage, which has kind of been, I think at this point, like kind of taking away like horror uh, and kind of kitsch and kind of shitty at this point and somebody like reinventing it kind of and oh. then somebody doing allegory before we like understood what like actual racism is. Absolutely. And I think that especially when it comes to the racial themes, there weren't like a lot of like films, at least that I remember like from this time period that really like jumped headfirst into those themes, like really mm-hmm. tried to like be the planet of the apes of the new millennia, you yeah. know, but just like planet of the apes is tone deaf. This movie also in retrospect is really tone deaf. I think yeah. for me, the biggest glaring issue the movie has is that the allegory actually makes no sense because they like, Yes, there's, like, been refugees in Africa, like, in South Africa that are not from South Africa, but South Mm -hmm. Africa itself was a place where African tribes were, and then white Mm -hmm. people came in and, like, displaced them. Mm -hmm. So it's like you took their home away from them and then treated them like shit. And, you know, I think it's important, like, when you're trying to make an allegory that it all fits together, because it's like Mm -hmm. in this narrative, it's the aliens kind of just show up there, right? Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, they're like, it's a different, it's a whole different story. It's like, it's a refugee story, I guess is what it mm-hmm. is. But I do think that the the movie tries to say this big thing about like apartheid and like black versus white. And it just ends up like not really coalescing, especially because it's like, you know how easy it would have been just to, if they just made the lead of the movie a black person, mm-hmm. it would have been so much more powerful, I think. Oh, yeah. Of a story than oh, this yeah. white dude. Who's kind of like a dweeby piece of shit pretty much the whole movie. Even Oh yeah, at he the starts end. off a little It like it feels like the office in the beginning. Yeah, he's like so annoying and twerpy, and then he like I guess gets it at the end, but it takes him a fucking minute. Oh. Yeah. He's even even whenever he has like fucking full on monster arm and he's like bleeding out the eyes and he's still like an asshole to the aliens. 
Yeah, it just it it kind of is like the Dallas Buyers Club of of, yes. of racial allegory movies, if that makes sense. <laughs> like it's like we're supposed to like through this like white dude's story be like, oh yeah, apartheid bad. Yeah, well even you know? the the thing I don't understand is that like throughout the movie you're supposed to understand that like the aliens are struggling, but I feel like you're like sympathetic toward the aliens like one second into the movie. Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> And I guess that's like what the movie's trying to do is they're trying to make it so clear and obvious. Like the way we treat human beings is like shit, yeah. right? Yeah. If you could feel bad for these like CGI aliens, you should be able to feel bad for fucking human beings. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. And I think it's effective. It, and I guess I'm not trying to be like a dick. It's just like a little like, oh, now I'm going to sound like an asshole, Dylan. I'll edit it out. <laughs> I'm going to sound like an asshole, but it's just like, I guess because it's a mainstream movie, it's like it really needs to like, it really needs to mm-hmm. like walk the audience along. I wonder you how know? it reads. I wonder how it reads in South Africa. Yeah. I'm I wonder. Curious. I mean, I'm sure they're like excited because they don't really have any like big filmmakers out there Mm-mm. that I know of. Yeah. I have um, a friend of mine's from South Africa and he's like, I only get asked about District 9 and the Antwoord. Yeah, I mean, those are, like, the two biggest exports that mm. we, we have gotten in the States from South yeah. Africa. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, the movie is just, like, it's just pretty dumb. It's, like, a pretty dumb mm-hmm. movie. But but I, I guess I can't sit here and say all this and then not at least be a little bit, like, at least a mainstream action movie is trying to say something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, all other action movies in this, in this genre and otherwise, like, are so like tone deaf when it comes to like international policy and like immigration Mm. and like all these other things. Like there's like so much like destruction of like property and people and like collateral and like the the movie doesn't give a fuck. So it's like, at least the movie makes us care Mm -hmm. about what's happening to these aliens. You know, I think what's, I think really good sci-fi it paints, uh, very uh, impressionistically, you think your your alien is a metaphor for motherhood and femininity. Your your Star Wars, you know, kind of about I don't know, an, a rebel insurrection and right. displacement and stuff like that. But whenever it paints like kind of a one to one picture, that's where it gets a little like dicey. Right. It's um, a, it's a cool yeah. concept. I'm like, I really think it's a really cool concept. The idea of like aliens being refugees, like mm-hmm. on Earth, like oh yeah, because we the, our only perception of aliens is that they are like an advanced species. But it's like you could have like a like well, like in um in Alive in Joburg, it's really specific that they're like these the aliens that are that are here are like slaves, right? Like it's a slave shit that's over us. I you know I remembered in my brain that the aliens were slaves. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's not the case in the film. No, like, isn't it like they're just like kind of a lower class, and like all their leaders die? That's gotcha. kind of what's like explained in the movie, right? Uh, but yeah, like in in Alive at Joburg, they're it's they're slaves. I think it would have been more powerful if they were slaves. Yeah, it would have been. But I guess that 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 that's been like kind of like I mean not with aliens but with like robots they've done that quite a few times. Mm-hmm. In sci-fi well, movies. Like, I, I kind of want to let's let's talk a little bit about Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, absolutely. He is an interesting person. So he is like a visual effects artist. That's how he started. He is like the lead visual effects artist for Dark Angel. Did you ever watch Dark Angel? No. I will Jessica say that the CGI in the movie is pretty good still. Oh, it's good. It still looks great. It still looks really good. Yeah, and Alive in Joburg, like it looks for a six-minute, like, $2 budget movie, it looks good. Um, and then so he was tapped. He was going to be able to make the Halo movie. It's like 2007, 2006, 2007. 
and that fell apart. I don't think there's ever going to be a Halo movie. Nah, ever. it's, it's no. over. And then, it's you know, there's supposed to be like a Bioshock movie too. That never, never going to happen. No, so video game movies don't happen. They're not the thing. Well, and there's like, never been like a technically like a good video game movie. Like, let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, there's that... fun ones. Like mm-hmm. Resident Evil series is really fun to watch. Okay. But, but I've heard that they're nothing like the games. I've never played one, so I don't know. Yeah. But, um, they need to make a Ducky Ducky <laughs> Literature oh Club. But that's the thing about Girl. video games. It's like, I feel like video games are even more advanced than movies, if you think about it, in terms mm-hmm. of like storytelling and immersiveness, you know? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're like novels. They're just long as shit. Yeah. That's and I, just, the Final I, Fantasy I don't think movies a movie can capture like what video games do. Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, like the story of the video game is going to be more interesting, immersed in playing it than when you just watch it in in film form. Yeah, it's it's the thing about like you can translate theater to film because it's like even though you're still in the in the vicinity of actors and you're watching performance, that's still like a kind of a it's like a one to one point five transfer almost. But like the having control in a video game is like such an important part to the story of a video game that like you are helping make these choices. Um, Absolutely. You can't translate that. And that's why like Bioshock would have never worked as a Mm -hmm. movie because the whole gag of Bioshock spoiler is that it plays with the actual mechanics of how video games work in the first place. You're Mm -hmm. like following all these instructions because that's what you do when you play a video game. You have someone that tells you what to do and you do it. And then you realize Mm -hmm. that you're being manipulated the whole time by the villain. God, it's so good. And it's so brilliant. Like when you find that out and you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, they're using like the actual things that happen in video games against me as the gamer. And it's like, you couldn't do that with a movie. No. Like, you could do a twist or whatever, but it just wouldn't hit right the way yeah, it no, does when you're actually playing the game. You have a re- you're have you removed. It's, it's a captive audience. It's a different type of audience. It's totally different. But yeah, um, Neil Blomkamp, okay, so... So, yeah, he did that. He did the short, and then this came out, and it was a huge hit. Huge hit. Nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars. Best, best Picture. picture. Best we'll get into effects. that in a second. All that stuff. And then he is the hottest. He is the new Shyamalan. And I yeah, think that's he, a... he's big. It's almost like what Richard Kelly could have also, like, it's like a similar mm-hmm. trajectory, right? I actually think he has a really similar trajectory to Richard Kelly. Yeah, the difference is Richard Kelly always was in indie territory. But, like, mm-hmm. it's a similar vibe of, like, first film is a huge success in its own right. And then it's Second just, film like... is, a, is misunderstood misfire. Which Elysium? It's the movie with Matt Damon and Jodie don't Foster. People, which don't like, people like this movie? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, people who the people who like it love it because it is this really cool like idea about the haves and haves nots, the sort of the the wealthy elite, you know, building a space sta- city state in the sky to get away from the a fucked up Earth they ruined. It's not that good. It's kind of bad. And Jodie Foster is giving the most fucking insane accent in that movie. Oh yeah. It's, does she try to do a it. South African accent? She's doing a South African French Chinese. She's doing every accent, girl. She just <laughs> <laughs> she just hit randomizer. <laughs> and sound she, like Lindsay Lohan up in here. It. She really is. I love it. Um, and then like Richard Kelly with the box is Chappie, which is right. just a movie that just destroys him. Right. It's the CGI buddy robot movie starring Dean Edward. What? And Deb Patel's in it too. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a laughing stock. It fully it tanks his career. Uh, he it was is, supposed to be funny though, right? It was. It was supposed to be this like kind of family picture, and it just like was. I've never seen it. Alex has seen it, and he like likes it. <laughs> he said I would like it too. Which, uh, yeah. Is it one of those situations, kind of like your Annette review, 
And then, you know, I was talking about this with a friend last night. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is something we do. And I think it's important as a movie watcher to do this. And it can be hard sometimes, right? But it's like mm-hmm. when you watch a movie, you have to adjust your expectations accordingly, right? Yes. It's like if you're going to watch something avant-garde, then you got to buckle mm-hmm. up and watch something that's going to be incomprehensible. If you're going to watch yeah. a blockbuster movie, you're going to have a different way of engaging with the movie. And sometimes I wonder with these like bigger mainstream movies that try to be a little a little out of left field, like a little different, mm-hmm. that people just don't know what to do with it. You know? I think so. You know? I, I think it's that. I don't want to like defend Chappie. I haven't seen the fucking movie, but it's just like maybe the issue is that people can't is it raining is it raining oh no it's sunny here in south austin i think it's raining here anyway um (laughs) i think it's really interesting though i think that like if you haven't seen a trailer for a movie i i I do think the first like five minutes of a movie you can kind of guess like the movie will guide you right yeah so i think you just got to be like okay like well buckle up this is what this movie is going to be like embrace it. Yeah. I feel like I tried. I mean, I'm bad at it sometimes. We all can be, but I try to embrace the movie as much as I can mm-hmm. before I, I make a judgment on it. Yeah. I have two things. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about like a cinema score, uh, which differ. Like, I love cinema scores. I think they're a terrible, uh, I, what is it? Rating for a movie. They're basically like when you walk out of the movie, people stop you and ask a right. written movie, eight to F or whatever. And it's less about the quality of the movie and it's more about expectations. Absolutely. And I think I do think it's a really great measure of like mm-hmm. what the general public thinks of a movie. Yeah. And so like I love a good uh, F cinema score because Oh, absolutely. If a movie has an F cinema score, I fucking love it. Okay, here we go. We got movies like Mother. Oh. A great movie. Killing Them Softly. Great movie. The Box by Richard Kelly, which actually deserves that. I know who killed me. Iconic. <laughs> and then Bug, Wolf Creek, In the Cut, Bug Solaris. Bug is a great movie. Bug Wolf is Creek so good. Bug is a great movie. Mm-hmm. And the Cut is a great Solaris movie. is great too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think just Chappie is one of those movies where it's just like, it's a, you just have kind of a bad expectation. Secondly, something that I think that comes up a lot when we talk about blockbusters and big budget movies recently is that they're. Um, their globalization and how every movie is made for every country now. Right. But I think we don't take into consideration how that's a very America centric view at globalized movies where it's Absolutely. like Americans make movies for everywhere else where Chappie, I mean, we're Chappie <laughs> where Neil Blomkamp is coming from a South African sensibility and is trying to make this a global movie and it's misunderstood, even though like there are more people in Africa than there are in America and like the, in the diaspora of Africa and that sensibility just because it's because it's not an American sensibility isn't taken as seriously. Totally, because I feel like there's plenty of like robot buddy movies are like a new concept. No. <laughs> like you know. No. But again, like I, I don't want to defend a movie I haven't seen. I just Same. think it's interesting yeah. that people were like, This movie's dumb and I'm like, Well, I mean, it's called fucking Chappie. Yeah, like, of course Chappie. it's dumb. Like it's yeah, to be this isn't a bicycle movie. thieves. What the fuck do you think it is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah. let's talk about let's talk about the 2010 Oscars. Um, yes. I would say okay. That so I followed this year. Such a um, good year. It has my one of my all time favorite Oscar jokes ever. Oh it's, yeah, in the opening monologue. Opening monologue. Steve Martin goes, "That damn Judy Dench," and Alec Baldwin goes, "It's Dame." That's it. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's the, I just love him. That 
damn Judy Dench. Yeah, this is this is a great year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a great. I think this is one of the first years what they they expanded. It's the first year. It's the first year they expanded. And I the best think picture that's lineup. why okay. it got in. I think looking at them, it's probably eighth or ninth. What? Or, a sorry, ninth or tenth. Psychotic yes. lineup of movies. The Hurt Locker, which one? Mm-hmm. Avatar, The Blind Side, yeah. District Insane. 9, In Education, Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, Precious, based on the mm-hmm. novel Push by Sapphire, <laughs> A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. My beloved Up in the Air. God, you I like love... that movie? <laughs> I love that Jason movie. Reitman, it's so good. Jason Reitman's only made one good film, and it's called Young Adult. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he has made three, four good movies. Okay, thank you for smoking. It's fun, too. Yeah, um, and you know. So... This is a great year because Catherine mm-hmm. Bigelow beats her ex-husband for Best Director and Best Picture. Iconic. Love that. Even though The Hurt Locker isn't that great of a movie, I think people no. were just impressed that a woman can make such a macho movie. Yeah, that it makes me very <laughs> I think masculine people were just movie. like, whoa, yeah. women can direct things that are not about vaginas and stuff? <laughs> wow. Well, look, you see Catherine Bigelow, uh, it got nominated, but... Uh, the director of Big or of, oh, let's say Big Star of an education didn't get nominated. Yeah, Lone Sherfig. Sure mm-hmm. That's a I real girl movie. I haven't seen an education since I saw that movie, but I, I remembered it. Like, I mean, I saw it my senior year in high school, and I felt like very like I feel like this is what's going to happen to me soon, and it did. <laughs> um, in, in my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, a it, wild year! Okay, Colin Firth should have won Best Actor over Jeff Bridges, so then he wouldn't have had to win for the King's Speech. Uh huh. Yikes! Correct. I cannot believe that Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. won. She over won Carrie Mulligan, a career Cinebay. Oscar. And even Meryl Streep, I actually say that, like, I'm kind of a Meryl Streep hater in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she, half the movies she's been nominated for were bullshit. But mm-hmm. I actually think she's great in Julia and Julia. I don't think she's lead in that movie. She isn't. She's supporting, but yeah. it is what it is. Um mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor, obviously, Chris, Christoph Waltz. I mean, who else is going to win? You think Matt Damon in Invictus? That's very, this is a very South African year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember I saw The Messenger, and I thought Woody Harrelson was good in that. But, like, you Love. know, whatever. And I liked Stanley Tucci as, like, the only good part of The Lovely Bones. That terrible movie. Except so for, bad. And then Monique, obviously, I mean, come on. One of our finest What Oscar a great wins. performance. Great performance. Great snatch game. Uh, fantastic when Stacey Lane Matthews does her in Snatch Game. Oh my god, so Incredible. Wild. Oh, uh, wow, so Precious beat District 9 for Best Adapted Precious, Screenplay. Precious, mm-hmm. Which I good. like that. I'll, I'll I like that, that a movie actually written, directed, and made by black people about the black experience won mm-hmm. over a movie where a white dude's trying to like, be yeah. like, racism, bad. Racism? Um, so it's bad. I, I, I like that. Yeah, there's oh, nothing... Oh god, what a great... Great year for animated film. Up, Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Princess and the Frog, and The Secret of Kells. Incredible. All that, great every movies. Five out of five for all of those are incredible movies. Um, my goodness. Yeah, yeah that's a This is a good year. Ooh, great this year. Great, this is a great year for foreign language films. Secret in Their yeah. Eyes. You got A Prophet and The White Ooh, Women. Milk of, Milk of Sorrow. As a quasi-Peruvian, we had to watch that. Uh, it was fine. Uh, and then you have White Ribbon. Mm. Wow. Michael Haneke, he, does he have an Oscar yet? Nah. I don't think so. Nah. Give him an Oscar. He one. He's won two Palm Doors, I'm pretty Isn't sure. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he yeah. won for the White Ribbon and he won for the Piano Teacher. Uh, no, Piano Teacher didn't win. Amor won. No. Piano Teacher did not win. We've talked about this. But still, Amor and the White Ribbon, like, almost back to back. Mm-hmm. That's oh, crazy. Wait, what did win instead of the White Ribbon? That's 2001. 
That's the year. Oh, that's the year the Sun's Room one. Oh. movie that never heard of. Um, oh, wait. No, oh, yeah. No, yeah. So, the year anyway, before, so Dance in the Dark. Crazy, anyway. This is a crazy year, and I feel like this is, like, this is a really important year, I think. Because mm-hmm. this is the first, this is the start. We talked about this before. But mm-hmm. this is the real year where it started to be, like, why can't big blockbuster movies, like, sci-fi, action, mm-hmm. genre movies, mm-hmm. why can't they win Oscars? Yeah, and it's weird. I think a lot Avatar of these are losing a lot of these awards was kind of part of like putting more fuel into this movement. Mm-hmm. Well, so the Dark Knight not getting nominated for Best Picture is what made them do ten. Yeah, and then I think what you get this is a really interesting year because the only movie that kind of makes sense as a Best Picture is like as a Best Picture nominee in the old sense would be like The Blind Side, Presh maybe. I don't even. I think The Blind Side is the only like Oscar baity movie. Everything else is real weird that it's nominated. Yeah, like, The Hurt Locker is a weird small war movie. Avatar is a three D ass sci fi movie. District Nine is a th- sci fi movie. And Education is eedy beedy. And Glorious Bastards is a fucking Tarantino movie, which I guess eh. yeah. He was like he was coming out of a, like a sort of fallow period. But even A Serious Man is like one of the Coen smaller Coen movies and mm-hmm. Up, you know, animated, animated movie Up, up in like the a. Air. I mean, I guess up in the air is kind of Oscar fodder. Kind of, that's more like a, that's a, here, we're going to give you a, a screenplay nom. Because that movie is like weird and like not small, but it's not big either. Although it is r- right in the middle of the financial crisis and that we are like horny for movies about that. Absolutely. Yes. That's why Michael, but, well, oh, Michael Clayton was before the financial crisis. Weird. Oh, what, what did he know? Um, I think it's good. I think District 9 correctly lost all of its Oscars. Oh, I think absolutely. It, I, mean, I think if it won, it would have ruined his career even further. Anything. If totally, it won anything. Totally. And that's the thing is like the like the fact that this the uh, this Oscars was the 2010 Oscars is so telling for the rest of the decade, I think. I think mm-hmm. it really set the stage of yeah. like we'll start nominating mo- movies like Black Panther and we'll start nominating movies like Mad Max Fury Road, but we're not going to actually give these things like major awards. Like they'll yeah. win tech awards, but we're never ever going to see these as viable movies and it goes back to a conversation we had earlier where it's like i don't quite understand why people feel the need to have the oscars award these movies because it's like is it making a million dollars and being famous like enough Mm -hmm. take a hundred thousand dollars that you made put it in gold melt it down into an oscar yeah melt down into 30 oscars is the exact same thing yeah i just don't really understand like i really don't understand the rhetoric around any of it i just like but a movie like an education, like would you know, Lone Sherfig, like these, like getting these nominations is like good for their career. Like, mm-hmm. like this is how Chloe Zhao gets to direct a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like this is how it works. It's so it's just to me, it's like, why wouldn't you want to have these littler movies get a chance? And I don't, yeah. I, I don't like when people online are very like, eh, parasite winning and eh, this and that because I'm just like, but. It's about the best of the best. And not that the Oscars do a good job at it by any means, but at the very least, I feel like the nominations are usually like, you know, good enough. Like yeah. a good kind of collection of like what was good that year. An out of focus uh, snapshot of the year. Yeah. And it just, like, I, I think the biggest thing was whenever people, whenever it was Avengers Endgame and people were like, this movie is so important because it marks the end of like a significant movement in American cinema we should give Robert Downey Jr. the supporting actor Oscar for a career of his uh, iconic role as That's Tony how Stark. That's That's not how it works. You already have everything. And what's crazy is the, the, the like, 
it's the craziest thing about it to me is like people the memory loss. Mm-hmm. Do people not remember that the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King won like a million gajillion Oscars? It, it, it's like tied for the most Oscars ever won. In yeah, a night. and don't do, does no one remember that Titanic also won a million gajillion Oscars? Mm-hmm. It tied it's with not Titanic. Like big movies don't win Oscars; they just have to be good. Yeah, that like Titanic is a good movie, and so is fucking Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Yes. So sorry, sorry. that your little District Nine is not good enough. Sorry, sis. It got the nomination was the win. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was just thinking about how 2009 was was such a watershed year for found footage and, like, mockumentary movies. Mm Because isn't this the same year as Cloverfield? Cloverfield 2008. Okay, but, okay, well, we'll... Same same era, yes. And and The Last Exorcism. Last Exorcism. Paranormal Activity is 2009. Yeah, it's so crazy how big of a moment that was. It's, like, Mm -hmm. in tandem with 3D as the biggest thing that Mm -hmm. movies were doing at this time. You've also got... Mockumentary and found footage movies. Isn't that crazy? So I weird. love it. I fucking I love found footage movies. Um, I wanted. I think we should talk about paranormal, paranormal activity in our Halloween month. I think that'd be fun. Do you think that that's a straight movie? Uh, I don't. I mean, we'll have to find out. No. <laughs> you just want to rewatch paranormal activity. I just, I just want to rewatch paranormal activity three, which is well, top ten movie of the decade. <laughs> Oh, and I just want to throw this in here really quick, but, like, one of the nicest things about re-watching this movie is I forgot how, like, the shaky handheld camera vibe is, like, literally, like, the biggest way you can tell that you're watching a 2000s movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't know, if you, like, put on a movie by random and it's got shaky handheld aesthetic, you know it's from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. They were like, we saw the Born Identity. It's so crazy, like, how that style took over everything. Like, major everything. motion pictures. Like, Twilight has a shaky handheld <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> God, I think Twilight sucks. is the most brilliant like movie in the sense of like they made the movie for nothing. They were mm-hmm. like, we're gonna get these like basically unknown actors. We're gonna make the movie for nothing. We're gonna sh- do horrible color correction and film on mm-hmm. a shaky handled camera, and it's gonna make a like, bajillion dollars. It's one of those things where it's like it's like Skins, where it's like everyone who is in it went on to be famous. Right. Because like if you look at the first Twilight movie, okay, so first of all you have Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson who are like the who are like, and it's so funny because they're they've also become the like non-nominated best actors of our generation. Yes. Like, like I, I do think you it's th- crazy that at this point neither of them are nominated for an Oscar. Do you think Kristen Stewart's gonna yes. win this year for Spencer? I think yes. she's gonna win. I think it's hers. I think, I think they she's should... gonna win. Yeah. I am so excited for her. I am so excited for Kristen. She here's the thing, everybody. Yeah. Listen up real quick. Let's go. She is bad in Twilight. You know why? Because Twilight's mm-hmm. garbage. Sorry, everybody. I'm older than movie. a lot of you that maybe you're listening to this, so you like have this connection with it that I just don't. It's bad. And she's bad in it because it's badly written. Okay. That's Correct. not her fault. Mm-hmm. I was first exposed to Miss Kristen Stewart when I saw her in Panic Room when I was a child. Okay. And I remember thinking, like, who is this bitch? Who is this bitch? Who is this bitch? Who's this bitch with she's diabetes? Like, she's our age. She's like our age. Isn't that so, upsetting? So I was like, wow, I like her. She's like kind of like tomboy vibes. Like she felt like a normal girl. It was the first time Mm -hmm. in a movie where I feel like I was watching a movie where it was like a normal, like a girl I would know in the movie. And it was really cool. And she's great in the movie. And there's like a couple indies that she's been in over the years. She's into the, into the wild, into the wild. And she's great in Adventureland. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even like, there's like smaller movies where she was in a movie like Patricia Clarkson. I cannot remember what the fuck it's called. Like the safety of objects or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And I, like, watched that when I was younger because I'm weird and Emil Hirsch was in it and I had a big crush on him. But mm. um, 
Anyway, she was like in that, and she was like really good. You know what I mean? I just like saw her in yeah. things. I was like, okay, this girl is a somebody. So when she got cast in Twilight, I was like actually really excited for her because I was like, this girl, Kristen Stewart's a great actor. She's mm-hmm. been like under the radar for years, just like doing things here and there. And then people are like, she's a bad actor, and I'm like, give her a fucking break. This is mm-hmm. it's fucking bull. It's a bullshit movie. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. And then she gives us performance. It's like not enough for you people. Okay. She gives us Clouds of Sils Maria. Girl, amazing. She gives us Personal Shopper. Mm-hmm. She's she has a certain women. She she's incredible in every single thing I've ever seen her in. Okay, mm-hmm. she's such a good actor. She's and incredible. you none of you will like let her be that, and I think it's annoying. And it's like Twilight came out ten years ago. Grow up. Let her have. Grow up. Twilight gave us three, four great things. It is Kristen and Bobby. It gave us the last thirty minutes of Breaking Dawn Part Two. Including the credits, which are iconic. And it gave us Decode by Paramore. True. Oh, yeah. That True. original Twilight soundtrack with, like, St. Vincent and Bonnie Bear and shit. Whew. Mom. Okay, back to District 9. Although, have you seen the poster for Spencer? Oh, it's such a serve. It's such a fucking serve, bitch. Dude, Pablo Lorraine should direct every single biopic about a famous female figure for the rest yes. of time. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes, I yes, yes. literally went into Jackie because I'm just like a big Natalie Portman stan. So I literally just watched it because I was like, oh, Natalie's supposed to be great in this. Whatever. I watched it after, you know, mm-hmm. it got nominated for everything. It was like way after the fact. Yeah. And I watched that fucking movie and I was like, this is a masterpiece. Like, it's... this movie is beautiful. And I literally was like, I've never seen a biopic that's as deft, beautifully told, Mm -hmm. empathetic, real. Mm -hmm. And what I like about his biopics, Jackie and now Spencer, based on the plot, is that he chooses a really short period of time to concentrate on. Jackie is 90 minutes long. And and he just, it's like about his death. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, I like that instead of doing this like walk the line style, like life story movie, it's like just concentrate on like a really important moment. And give us that. And I feel like I learned more about Jackie Onassis in that movie than I would have if I watched, like, a fucking documentary about her. Well, if you're a good storyteller, you can tell an entire lifetime in this in the span of a movie. And, like, you get, yeah, you get the entire gamut of her in that. Also, Natalie's performance, Natalie's performance is unfucking real in that movie. That was so good. Can you try to do that? I've never been able to do that accent. It's impossible. Oh, it's amazing. Because she sounds like a fucking alien. She's it's incredible. Amazing. It's, I'm so it's, excited. I'm so excited for Spencer. So excited. Jackie has made my favorite score. Oh, Mika the past Levy's score is incredible. literally incredible. incredible. And I read an interview with her. I'm getting really close to the microphone for this one. I read an interview with her, and apparently she made, the way she made the music was by going, I made music that I thought Jackie would like. <laughs> yeah, Jackie and Ness is putting on the fucking headphones, putting on the forty-five, and going. Yeah. But you know what? But I get what she's saying, though. It's like very. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Mika Levy's style, but done in this really like polished way. Oh yeah, you know, it's brilliant. Oh yeah, incredible movie. Also, if you've never seen No, uh, I need to Paul watch movie. It's also very good. Um, back to District Nine. <laughs> Yeah, we barely talked about this movie. Um, we haven't talked about Charles like Copley and like oh, why yeah, let's the, Char- Why is he the lead of this movie? Um, he's the lead. He's also in Alive with Joe Berg. I think he's just friends with them. He's not very good in it, is no. he? No. And there's like nothing really about him that's like he's like not particularly good looking. He's not charismatic. He's like twerpy, and he's always like. I think what really bugged me about his performance is he would be like, "Come on, man." 
come on, man, throw me that gun, man. And he's like trying to be kind of like macho, and I'm like, stop. Come on, you fucking prawns. Oh, it's so bad. The yeah, he's bad, not great Dylan. in it. He's not great in that. It's um, not. It's I think not. no. I don't think anyone's good in this movie. No, no one's good in the movie except for the aliens. The aliens are good. Yeah, no, the, the only person that is good. Uh, I fuck. I loved Eugene uh, Iwa, The he was the guy in the wheelchair. The like lead of oh, the, the, the gang. gangster. He was so fucking. Which, cool. by the way, how tone deaf can you be to make a movie that's supposed to be about like black versus white, and then you mm-hmm. make black like a black African group of people like as some of the biggest villains of the movie? Yeah, it's uh, just that, like, that want to that want to eat the aliens for magic. That was that for me. That was like really like I was like, Ooh, that's pretty. That's yikes. yikes. Like you yeah. literally like, it's cool. Like I'm not saying that black people can't play villains in movies. Like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they should be able to play all sorts of different kinds of people. But mm-hmm. I do think it's really weird that they're like, yeah, they're like Nigerian and they eat aliens to get their powers. I'm like, yeah, that is like, it's our Americans already don't know enough about African people. It's like, let's mm-hmm. not also like inject this whole, like, yeah. And they eat, people essentially yeah. to get their magic powers i'm like that's yeah that's that's a choice yeah but anyway whatever i'm not here to like be political <laughs> i'm just saying like it was kind of dumb and yeah i just <laughs> i just like him in the wheelchair just laughing and then it's like give me your arm yeah <laughs> i, I mean he, he he ate it he chewed he, the oh, she ate it yeah, she oh, ate well she's it. a villain you know we love we love villains we're, right. we're pro villains on this podcast but god damn <sighs> Why do straight people love this movie? Um, science fiction. I mean, people. Yeah, I feel like straight people love science fiction. I, they love that shit. I like science fiction too. Yeah, but I'm I fine. feel like I feel like they're really into it. They love it. They love it. You, it's like the only way they can like learn about the way the world works is through science fiction. Yeah, through like a you know a funhouse mirrors of like metaphor. You know, it's like they need Philip K. Dick, they need Ray Bradbury, and they need all mm-hmm. these people to like spell it out for them. They need to be yeah. like, hey, the world's a fucked up place. They can't just see the world and see that, right? Three people yeah. need you need to kind of you know hold their you gotta, hands. You gotta hold a their hand. Bit. You gotta let them. Know. So you know you gotta make these like big blockbuster allegory movies for them for mm-hmm. them to go. Oh, racism is oh. bad, guys. Racism is bad, ladies. Ladies, 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 ladies. <laughs> Um, and I think that's really cute for them. And I think it's, I think it's adorable and mm-hmm. we love it. Um, um, I think allegory is like a very straight concept. It is because the it, idea of like everything being like a one-to-one, like specifically like when we talk about like inception where people are like inceptions. We I don't think we, Oh, cause I didn't even talk. I talked about my other, um, uh, I talked about inception recently. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. I did a night with the stars, uh, episode on inception and I didn't really get into it in there, but like, People talk about how Inception is actually like a metaphor for the movie making process, and that Cobb is the director, and that Ariadne is a screenwriter, and that, and it's just like, they no, it's a movie. Shit. It's just about people going into fucking dreams and shit. It's not about mo- my least favorite thing about straight people is they need everything to mean something. No, it just it, that it has no meaning is the meaning. They don't understand like what creativity is. Like mm-hmm. I truly like it's like mind blowing sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm like they'll be like oh, but I feel like I don't really understand what the movie was trying to say, and I'm like who cares? It was like gorgeous to look at, and it was a cool experience, and I feel like I got something out of it. Like it's like emotional, con- like it's like just having an emotional or visceral experience mm-hmm. with something is not enough for them. They need no. everything to be like mapped out. But on the other thing, it's really funny because like I I like always like Reddit posts about like. You know, in high school, whenever your English teacher is like, and the blue curtains represented sadness, and it's like, maybe they were just blue. 
they have maybe the she same was like blue. Maybe she was like blue. That's why. Maybe she had a fucking. She got paid per word, bitch, and she was like the blue curtains. <laughs> Girl, yeah, allegories for straight people. Um, metaphors for gay people. <laughs> no, totally. And I feel like when like there's gay movies with allegories in them, I feel like mm-hmm. they're a little bit more like nuanced and a little bit more scary. Like for example, like Stranger by the Lake is this like amazing mm-hmm. French gay movie. Where okay. literally the movie is about like a guy who goes to like a lake and has sex with random men at the lake. And then he sees a man kill another dude. Like, Ooh. but he still wants to fuck him anyway. And he, I like, mean, who hasn't been there? And, it's, right, like, and then it becomes like this weird Hitchcockian thriller. And to me, like as a gay man watching that movie, I was like, oh, this is like a metaphor for like how even when we know like what we're doing is dangerous sometimes sexually, we still do it anyway because we like kind of like the edge of it. We like edging like towards mm-hmm. danger. And like that's like it's like kind of like in our DNA or like we've just been kind of like like that's just part of our culture. And mm-hmm. I thought it was such like, a deft, interesting, cool, smart, funny and yeah. dark thing to like explore. And it doesn't answer all the questions, and it's not like PC. It's like it's like a little. It's dangerous. I love that. You know, well, it's it's kind of like um, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. What's, yeah, what's that's the, gay, the one? gay one? Yeah, yeah. And that's all about you know being in the closet and having you know like another man inside of you, and how it's really difficult to kind of understand what it's like to have like another identity inside of you and the struggle of keeping that inside. Metaphor annihilation. You know, girl, my. My beloved annihilation, the metaphor for you know depression, right? Where we had to make it, it's it's you. I feel like gay movies expand or you know contrast like a metaphor, whereas straight allegory is very one to one. It's like this is that, that is this, right? And and they and they and they have to like do obvious things, like they have to make like the alien counterpart like the nicest, smartest, coolest dude mm-hmm. ever. And he's also gotta have a fucking kid, of course. Because oh, of course. we can't seem to humanize people unless there's like children involved. And mm-hmm. it just like it it just it's like almost insulting, you know? Yeah. It's like and then and then they make all the other aliens like disgusting and gross and stupid. Like you Eat know cat food. Yeah, they're eating yeah. cat food and they're like gross looking and it's like I don't know. Like, again, it's like if these are supposed to represent, like, Zimbabwean refugees, like, that's kind of, like, a fucked up, like, one-to-one. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. oh, they're, like, fucking animals, essentially. Like, that's basically yeah. what the movie is saying. But mm-hmm. there's this one smart one, you know, who's going to save the Yeah, day. we got the one good one, guys. And don't it's just, worry. It's just weird to me. And, and again, like, yeah, it's got a white savior complex and all that. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get onto that because it's all boring to me. But it's just, like, yeah. it, it, it's lazy. And it's lazy. And back in 2009, though, people's minds were blown. People's minds were oh. fucking blown by this movie. Well, I think it's really interesting that we have this in direct comparison to Avatar, which is a movie that's very much like environmentalism. Yeah. And it's just like watching, I rewatched Avatar relatively recently. And like that movie is very much, it's Fern Gully. I mean, it is Fern Gully. That's my least favorite criticism about anything is never, it's just like, actually, this movie is just Fern Gully, but it's like, it's just Fern Gully. It's just Fern Gully without the songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you talking about um, I See You by Leona Lewis? <laughs> That's the <a> song. <laughs> oh, poor Leona. Poor girl. girl. And, and I just want to throw out, I think straight people get really excited when a mildly good genre movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like what I said earlier about superhero movies. It's like it can be literally like a 5 out of 10. And they'll be like, but it's good. See? See? <laughs> Nerds win. And I'm like, y'all already won. Yes. It's that, it's that like mean it's like pov when a gay shows you the worst song you've ever heard in your entire life yeah they're like 
Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> like, extreme people just get really excited. And that's Is fine. I, I'm not, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, don't be excited about movies you like. I'm just saying, like, like I'm not going to sit here and, like, no, you're right. I do sit here and say Showgirls is a masterpiece. Never mind. It is. You just don't get it. Um, yeah. And then that's the thing. Like, maybe y'all... Someone needs to explain to me why District 9 is a great movie. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just being an asshole. No, I think they would explain, like, is actually about racism. It's actually about... Right, and I'm like, yeah, I know, and... Like, we know. Yeah, we got it. I just think, again, it's like, because they, they're dumb, they don't... They need, they need like, things to be... Expl- like, it's like if they get, like, a dumb metaphor, they're like, I feel smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they watch Mulholland Drive and they're like, titties. <laughs> You're like, this bit doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, because it's three episodes of a TV show. What are you talking about? Right. That's what I love about David Lynch. What's that quote? Is like, can you expand upon this? And he goes, no. Yep. Never, never explain anything. David Lynch, I love you. Um, is there anything gay about this movie? I think a couple of things. I don't know. I just, I just have one thing in this section, which is. Ruining your own birthday party because you're too turned up. Yeah, that was that's funny. I like that. That's true. Okay. <laughs> it is. He's just like <laughs> he's just there, just like coughing up black blood, and is like, I guess I'll cut my birthday cake. <laughs> that's so real. And I Bro. think that like it's kind of like that John early episode of the characters where he's like being psychotic at his like <laughs> engagement party or whatever, yeah. and no one has any sympathy for him. I feel like it's the same thing being a gay man ruining your birthday. Yeah. Like you could be like, but it's my birthday, and your friends are like, you're being a fucking asshole right now. Yeah. Like this isn't cute behavior at all. Like <laughs> no one like will deal with your bullshit. No. And that's good. It's good for your soul. I think it is. Uh, when you talk about my actually the funniest thing about this movie is the through line that the <laughs> South African press. Uh, says that he got he turned into an alien because he had sex with an alien yeah that was uh, insane that was so fucking crazy like I didn't fuck the alien I didn't fuck the prawn I didn't fuck the prawn you gotta believe me <laughs> <laughs> pip pip cheerio his fucking uh, wife was also dumb as fuck yeah she was she sucked yeah basically everyone in this movie sucked I mean yeah like, everyone sucks there's not really like anyone super likable in it there was like no, no. women mm-mm no gay representation at all. No, that I don't even want to say that kid was gay. That kid was straight as fuck. Yeah, that kid was so straight. He knew how to operate machinery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wasn't Christopher? Man, give him a cool name. Sorry to all the Christophers out there, Chris. Sorry, Chris Martinez. Sorry, Chris. We love but you. But yeah. Chris is a cool human name. Not a good alien name. Uh, yeah, I really can't think of anything gay about this movie. I really don't think that there really is anything gay about it. There's nothing. Even, God. The spoiler for the very last scene in the movie. Uh, even that little flower he gives him? Straight. Yeah. That was so cute. The oh, whole thing yeah. reads like a fucking like episode of like something you'd see on like YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like that like straight guys get really excited about because there's really good special effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. It reads like that. Yep. It's just very like that energy. It's very like nerdy energy. And... Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think this kind of as a mirror piece to Dr. Horrible is kind of interesting when they did this back to back. They both feel kind of like of the same piece and like these movies that are very in conversation with this specific side of the internet that is like very straight and male. Uh, and yeah. they're both of the internet from around the same time. And they're like, both mockumentaries. Both mockumentaries. They don't make any sense. They're like sometimes mockumentaries and sometimes not. <laughs> Correct. Uh, they both have, yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot this movie was found footage until it started. Yeah. That is how, like, that aesthetic was so ingrained into the culture at the time mm-hmm. that I didn't even remember that about it. Yeah, and I think 
this kind of legitimized it and then paranormal activity coming out the same year as the thing kind of like made it like next level we're taking the reins from uh whatever it's called from Blair Witch um and then I also like I I guess like it's not as influential but the Christopher Guest kind of trilogy of mockumentaries in the 2000s are important uh found footage I guess (laughs) Mockumentary films. I would describe like Best in Show and like Waiting for Guffman as like the intersection between straight and gay humor. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I think that those films are so important because so you can good. sit down with your bros and mm-hmm. you can watch Best in Show and they'll be like standing the dude that names all the different kinds of nuts and then we're standing <laughs> Parker Posey. And then we're standing Soup. We both love we both love soup. And we both I can't do her voice. We both love we soup. Both love I can't do it. And sugar god. and was his hand snap peas. Oh my god, I'm and so soup. obsessed with um, love her uh, so much. Spe- uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, it's not gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna. Is it gonna happen? No. <laughs> Keeping that in. Um, all right, let's get to our gay recommendation because we somehow are at an hour ten. <laughs> it's because I'm talking really slow. So talking really slow, um, this is a section of the podcast where we suggest a gay version of the straight movie that we just watched. Uh, I just, I, it was hard to think of a gay District 9. I can't really think of anything, so I just went down the found <laughs> footage. Bless you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the Holy Sphere coming out of you. Uh, uh, um, I wanted this a found footage movie. It's one of my all-time favorite found footage movies, a horror film. <laughs> Bless you, uh, and I guess the connection to this is that it's a pretty big, like, in-your-face metaphor or, like, lesson that you're supposed to learn, which is don't bully people. <laughs> oh, so sorry, Dylan. <laughs> I'm going to start it all over. No, 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 keep going. You just okay. Cut, just cut me out. <laughs> Keeping all of it in. Uh, that, of course, is my absolutely beloved Unfriended. Uh, I fucking love this movie so much. I think it's great. I think it's... Uh, exactly the exact amount of movie that it should be it's so fucking stupid uh you see a bunch of uh footage of a woman pooping herself spoiler uh and yeah anything where the the villain is the ghost of a woman who shit herself at a party bless you um is fantastic love it great movie yeah unfriended it's really fun i really enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) um Everyone watch Unfriended. It's better than District 9, that's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. Where do you fall on Unfriended Dark Web? I haven't seen it, but I want to because there's like a couple of like sites that I follow that say it's actually really good. It is really good. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not as into found footage as you are, but I do think it's a fun genre. Yes. Yeah. Or style or whatever the fuck style you movement yeah you got it okay should we in this episode do you have anything for I'm us so this? sorry it's okay i don't have a gay recommendation you know why because why? there is none there is there no is none. gay recommendation for this movie you won straight people with this you one won. <laughs> i can't think of one movie with an alien that's gay mars attacks Ooh, mars attacks but that movie's so good. not good you like it uh, I've never seen it because I was afraid of it because at the end their heads exploded and that scared me when I was a kid. I was really scared of the part where Sarah Jessica Parker's head was on a chihuahua. Uh, <laughs> uh, what are like Earth Girls Are Easy? Is that? It's called Earth Girls Are Easy, Dylan. Okay, you're right. Um, gay alien movies. I feel like, I, gotta... like, I feel like aliens are very straight. Like when it comes to like monsters, 
Which is so funny because they're like the other and we should be like connected to them. But I don't huh. feel that energy. Um, I'm going to let you... If you look up gay alien movie, I'm just going to let you find that. I'm not going to... Yeah. That's the audience. Just look up gay alien movie. Yeah, I can't say that. I'm sure. Mm-mm. I'm sure they exist. And is is the gay equivalent of this movie just like the Hunger Games? <laughs> yeah. Is it just the Hunger Games? Yeah. I think it's just the Hunger Games because yeah, they have districts, and there's nine of there's nine of there's them. nine. Yeah. What's the ninth district of the Hunger Games? I don't uh-huh. fucking know. And mm-hmm. and there's people with weird accents and um and. Uh, a bland lead sorry jennifer and um and yeah it's um there's th- things happen it's an allegory is an allegory uh-huh for about. uh like fascism or something like that yeah I don't know. i'm in the uh the wikipedia page for fictional world of hunger games okay. and they have all the districts so let's go to district nine so district nine is so they're all organized by like their output Right. So you got your livestock. It's been a minute, but yeah, I remember. Exactly. So District 9 is the shortest paragraph in all of them. It is, uh, I'll just read it all. Let's go. District 9 specializes in producing grain and salts. It is the least mentioned district in the series. No named character from the district has appeared in the series. It is the only district to lose both of its tributes in the bloodbath of both the 74th and 75th Hunger Games, and is the only one to have no named characters in the trilogy, which I feel like it said earlier in this sentence. In the 10th Hunger Games, both... District 9 tributes, Panlo and Sheaf, which are male and female, are killed in the arena bombing. Sorry, are killed in the arena bombing prior to the beginning of that's the game. That's pretty games. gay. The fact that they that's just gay. die really quickly and no yeah, one they don't have any up. names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's gay. That's gay. So yeah, yeah. there you go. The dis- the gay District 9 is District 9 <laughs> from the Hunger Games series <laughs> by Suzanne Collins. We love that bitch. Thanks, Suzanne. That Taylor Swift and Civil War song is ikintik. Didn't Arcade Fire do the song for the Hunger Games? Oh, it's so good. Abraham's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Incredible song. Honestly, uh, The December did a really good song. Um, Stromae did a really good song. Lord did a really good song. Uh, well, I promise I'll get done with this. <laughs> I want to just like talk about the soundtrack real quick. <laughs> so gay. It's so gay. Here we go. And then we can go, I promise. Okay. Um, here we go, because she did it. It has Elastic Heart by Sia, even though she's canceled. Great song. Yeah, I mean, I love that song. Great song. Incredible. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, Hunger Games, District 9. Okay. Uh, I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're finished. That was fun. What a fun episode. Yeah, I don't remember it already. Sounds good. I'll right, go take some more Benadryl. Yeah. Um, and before we do that, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia and on Instagram at Garcid and Letterboxd. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at K R K V N S E K L E. And yeah, say hi. <laughs> say hi to Kirk. Kirk, please go to the hospital. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel horrible. <laughs> Now. Oh no. Do you think I have COVID? Oh my god, what if you what if you couldn't go see Kelly Lee Owens? <laughs> go get tested, go to CBS, get your nose done. No, I'm just not gonna tell anyone. <laughs> cut that out. Yeah, please cut that out. Cause I that's exactly what I'm gonna do and you can't stop me. <laughs>
I won't. Okay, y'all will never hear what I just cut out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh. Now, no, Kane, talk. Talk, talk.